Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 30th episode of Crime Over Wine, the only podcast with head-scratching true crime stories that are just better over a bottle of wine. I'm your host, Liam Collins, and this week, my guest co-host is a true news queen turned PR girly in Colorado, but always a true crime fan, so she's very much so welcome on this podcast. My guest co-host this week is Sarah Waddell Baker. Hello, Sarah. How are you? Hi, Liam. I'm great. Great. I am so excited to be doing this today. I am so excited that you're here. So, so, so mutual friends of ours was like, um, we're like, you, like, you need to have Sarah on this podcast. She's like, absolutely like, and obviously Sarah and I knew each other like long, like long before, like we know each other very, very well. Um, but mutual friends of ours was like, you need to have Sarah on. She's a true crime, like fanatic just as much as the, as the, as the next gal. And so I was like, oh, like deal signs to delivered, like sign her up. So I'm so excited to have you here too. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I've been looking forward to this like since like the millisecond you asked me. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, let's do it. So Sarah and I first met at a TV station in Chattanooga. Now she's a communications manager for an affordable housing nonprofit in Colorado Springs. And she's also a photographer out there too. And like y'all, like she takes some <laughs> really good pictures. So go check her out online like right now. Oh, you are too sweet. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I'm like obsessed with you from like literally the very first second that I met you. So we're oh. like, uh, uh. so let's get to the wine though, because uh, this might yeah. be a part of the podcast. So yes, I've been saving my first, first sip. So I haven't even tasted it yet. Oh, amazing. Well, let's go for it. Let's go. I haven't even opened it yet. So like you're even ahead of me. So love that. <laughs> so this week we are drinking Unshackled Rosé, which offers flavors of grapefruit, tangerine, and lemon to result in a refreshing wine with a crisp finish so like man all those like fruits in there it is this feels like a very like summer appropriate july wine this is like drink of the summer by the sounds of it yeah oh for sure like i mean all those flavors i mean that's that's screaming summer and hey it's like beginning of july when we're recording this and so i am all about that so Gotta give it the good little swirl, you know, like the like yeah. the fancy wine people do. Got the the aeration. <laughs> I haven't gotten there yet, and you know, every week, you know, it's so funny because every week, and my friends like get on me for this. Um, but every week, I have said to myself, I said I am going to look up like the actual like specific way that you're supposed to like you know do it, like like take like taste wine. Um, and you know, I'm going to practice that every single week, and every single week, it like catches me off guard, and all of a sudden, I'm recording, and I'm like, oops, didn't look it up. <laughs> Haha, there's next week. There's always so, next week. Ooh, There's always song. next week. Yeah. yeah. I would love to sure sit here is. and tell you I'm like super specific about my wine and like I know how when I should open it and all that jazz. But like I I judge by the <laughs> label and That's I pour so it and I drink it. Because <laughs> you know what? Whenever I want a glass of wine, like I am like not like I am opening the bottle. I'm pouring a glass. I'm taking a sip. Like I'm not thinking anything more than than you know just get that in my mouth like i want to taste it like absolutely right now, so also very it's like rosé but it's orange it is, it's, like it's like an it's orange it's very like peachy looking yeah peach that's a good thing you see you have a great eye for color there you go peachy there you go awesome that's the photographer <laughs> well sarah i'm not wasting a single extra second cheers, cheers to, to you. you thank you so Let's much for coming it. on Oop, instant love oh yeah okay, i am a rosé girly yes admittedly like absolutely basic i got that for you yeah rose girly so this is <laughs> right right in my lane okay grapefruit and lemon for sure i'm like having a hard time tasting the tangerine a bit but i'm definitely getting those grapefruits and lemons yeah i am gonna go out on a limb and say this might be my new favorite rose same 
Yeah, absolutely same. I just want I'm, this. This bottle is gonna go quickly. I have a feeling. Yeah, because it's sure. really easy to drink. You know, like some wines, you feel like you gotta right. like sip it slowly. You know, this yeah. wine, I we this could go away very quickly. Oh, this can go down very very fast. And you know what I appreciate about this too is so like you're talking about like the like it's very very easy to drink. Like it's not the flavors are very very strong, but like all in all, like it's a very subtle wine. Yeah, like, crisp, refreshing finish. Like right. Yeah, I right. by the description, I was expecting it to be like sweeter than what it is mm-hmm, and but it's mm-hmm. like a good balance between like not it's too not sweet, sweet not too all. dry yeah no this is like yeah. really good i feel like this would make a really great um wine sangria like a little summer sangria mm-hmm. situation like i need sangria so badly now like as soon as you said those words i like started drooling <laughs> like i love me a sangria oh my gosh i well i had a i had a cookout at my house the mm. other day and i did like a pinot grigio with um peach liqueur and then, like, a bunch of sliced up peaches and some other citrus in there. And then, like, topped it off with a little bit of ginger ale is, like, a little white wine peach sangria. Buddy, I put that stuff back. It was too good. Okay, y'all can't see my face right now, but my mouth is agape. Like, I want to come to Colorado so badly so I can taste, <laughs> so I can taste that. Yeah, like, I just made, like, a very, like, summery white oh wine gosh. sangria, basically, with um, lots of peaches. And like peach liqueur, a Pinot Grigio. Yeah, that it sounds was like delicious. Heaven. 10 out of 10 recommend. That sounds like having, <laughs> um, and also I'm going to need that recipe um, as soon as we hang up. So, oh, okay. for sure. Awesome. For sure. Well, we do have a case to talk about, Sarah. And we were just talking about like how obsessed I am with this story. And I think you're all going to be obsessed with it too. So let's dive right in because there's so much to talk about here. Let's do it. Let's do it. So this week, Sarah, I want to take you on a wild ride up the Hudson River in New York. A kayaking trip turned deadly for one half of a young, vibrant couple in New York, but almost right away, major eyebrows are raised, and I mean, like, all the way up. This week, Sarah, I want to tell you the story of Vincent Viafor and the death on the Hudson. Vincent Viafor met Angelica Graswald in 2013, and as their friends described it, it was love at first sight. The two immediately headed off. They were both free spirits, living life to the absolute fullest. On top of that, too, they had both been through it relationship-wise. They had both each been divorced twice. Angelica is an immigrant from Latvia. She moved to the U.S. in 2000 to take a nanny job, and for a greater opportunity, you know, like a lot of people, she settled in New York. York's Hudson Valley and was madly in love with Vincent. She moved into his apartment in Poughkeepsie just three weeks after they started dating, and according to Vincent's friends, he fell for Angelica quickly, too. He started talking about having kids with her when he had never, not once, expressed any sort of interest in having kids with anyone before. Five months later, he proposed to her using an onion ring off of a hibachi grill. And, you know, I do have to say that this is, I think, probably you know, you know, the sum of all of their relationship as well as it could be, because they both seem to be people who didn't need the extravagance. And sure, you know, being married and divorced twice, I'm sure, takes a bit of the pressure off. But point being, they seemed like, you know, the male and female version of each other. I mean, they were both free-spirited and so beyond ready to tackle the world together. I mean, yeah, they sound like fun. I mean, getting... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it also right. sounds like very much like whirlwind 
romance. I mean, like, that's a pretty quick timeline. <laughs> oh, very, very fast. Yeah. And it, like, again, it also, like, brings me back to, like, okay, like, I'm sure, you know, you fall in love once, you have the big wedding, like, whatever. You fall in love the second time, and you're like, okay, let's try this again. By the third time, you're just like, you know what? Like, the onion ring, I will take the onion ring <laughs> and wear that to my deathbed. You know what I mean? So, I like, I, that is kind of the vibe yeah. I get. And it's just kind of just, like, you know, at this point, they've seen it. They've been there or done that kind of thing. So, let's just, like, you know, this feels right. Let's just go for it. Like, let's not too, think too much about it. Right? I guess, you know, if you know, you know. <laughs> yeah. If you know, you know. Well, on April 18th, 2015, Angelica and Vincent go to a party together at a friend's house. They were laughing, drinking, having a good time. And Vincent was this real, like, go-with-the-flow kind of dude. Friends say that he was really fun, outgoing, and generous, too. He had this nickname that people called him of Vinny Shots, because every time he would show up to a party or a gathering of some kind, everyone would call out for shots, and Vincent would be, like, the first person to the bottom. Vincent started convincing his friends and Angelica to go to a strip club that night, but Angelica started saying that she did not want to go, and after a bit of convincing, Vincent relents and lets the strip club idea go, but... Angelica was really sick of that being Vincent's go-to. Every night out turned to a different bar, a different nightclub, or, you know, again, a different strip club. She used to just go to spend time with Vincent, but by this point, she was over that life and started to push back against Vincent's suggestions whenever he would make them. I'm gonna be so real right now. That sounds exhausting. Mm. <laughs> like, right. like yeah. I mean, like, what are we, 20? No, absolutely Yeah, not. right. <laughs> this just seemed like, especially, like, if that is, like, your thing, that, like, all you want to do is strip club, strip club, strip club. Like, I don't know. It, like, there has to be, like, some, like something else in this world except for strip clubs and bars, right? Right. Like, I mean, you do you, boo. But right. I, right. I, at right. a certain point, like, I mean, doesn't the novelty wear off, right? He, I would think so, right? I mean, but, like, especially if you're getting married, like, if your yeah. wife is telling you no, like, that seems like the end of that, right? Mm, okay. So already sensing a couple red flags here because, like, yeah. obviously they don't seem to be on the same page. If this is, oh, like, yeah. his vibe you know, shots guy, party guy, mm-hmm. strip club guy, and she's like, mm, I just want to hang out. Mm-hmm. Already sensing maybe not on the same page here. Yeah, definitely not. And Vincent told his friends that he really wanted to go kayaking the next day, too, because that was, like, also his thing. And he was, you know, again, a pretty frequent kayaker. It was apparently this spring tradition that he would go and explore some new area of, of body of water around town. And Angelica was typically more than happy to join along. She was totally fine with this activity. This time, he wanted to go out onto the Hudson River, which he had been kayaking on before, but never on the section he was talking about boating on. Vincent's friends were really skeptical about the couple going out on the river the next day. It was still warming up in New York, and the water was still really cold, and the wind was supposed to be really strong that day, so that was likely going to make the water extra, extra choppy, and this is like a really big, strong body of water. Like, no joke. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've seen the Hudson River. I mean, I love kayaking. I go kayaking kind of a lot. That's one of my favorite things to do. But this does not sound like a good time to me. I mean, it's still cold. That sounds like a 
hefty workout. So yeah, and like and like the Hudson River is like a mile long for people who are like not like yeah. used to that. Like it's a big river. Like it's in, it's intense. And so um, you know, as the boys are talking about the possibility of this kayaking trip, going back and forth and tossing back a few beers, it's getting later and later, and Angelica is ready to go home. But Vincent wants to stay out a bit more. This is really frustrating to Angelica, but eventually Vincent agrees to drive her home, and Angelica just is not sure if Vincent is okay to drive home, though, which starts to be a bit of an argument between the two of them, according to Angelica's recounts of events. The couple drives home, though, and they are made up by bedtime, when Angelica says the two of them are snuggled up in the same bed, just as they always do. Everything's fine. The next day, the two of them wake up a bit hungover, and Vincent is back on that kick of that kayaking trip, and he is persistent that the two of them go to the Hudson River and take the kayaks out for the day. Angelica kind of reluctantly agrees, and they take the kayaks down to Plum Point, and they are going to take the kayaks out to Bannerman's Island to take some wedding photos. Now, Bannerman's Island is actually a really cool piece of New York history, so this is like a total aside, but I am going to have to tell you about this, Sarah, because I do think it's pretty relevant and like pretty neat, too. So Bannerman's Island is a literal island that sits in the middle of the Hudson River, which is about a mile across, like we said. On the island is Bannerman's Castle, which is this former military surplus arsenal that was built in the 20th century. The island was considered to be haunted by some Indian tribes and was pretty much desolate until it was used to fend off British ships in the American Revolution. It was used to launch chevaux de frise, or Frisian horses. It was a war tactic that used devices constructed of wooden cribs that were sunken into the river and filled with metal-tipped pointed logs to obstruct passage of ships up the river by damaging their hulls. But the method was unsuccessful, at least in these attempts, because the British started using flat-bottom boats. The island became Bannerman's Island when it was bought by Francis Bannerman. He would collect scrap from the harbor in the 1960s, and when he grew up, he made it his full time job and launched a whole new business out of it named Bannerman's. He bought the island as a way to safely store his scraps, too. That's really all the island was used as until a fire most recently destroyed the castle in 1969. Today, there's a whole society and a trust dedicated to preserving the island and protecting its history. The island hosts weddings and tours, but is mostly, you know, otherwise off-limits to visitors. Wow. Okay. What a cool piece of like American yeah. history right there. Like, that's a, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I had no idea it was like such a kind of big deal, but that's really cool. I kind of want to go see it now. I need to look up some I pictures. Know. It's, <laughs> yeah. It's the pictures. Go look at pictures. It's like really, it's like very, very beautiful. I mean, the people who, who work on this and uh, work volunteer on to like upkeep this island, like do an incredible job of like, and it's like, you know, it's like an abandoned old building, but like the beauty of it is like really actually kind of incredible. And it's kind of cool too, because like, like I said, so I'm from this area mm-hmm. as you know, most of my listeners know, as I, as I know, you know, um, you know, and so I've like seen this before, but I didn't really like ever think much about it like you know i kind of knew what it was about but like until i like so it was cool for me to be able to like actually go into like deep like dive of like what it was all about and like nerd out about it a little bit so listen i support nerding out 100 percent of the time <laughs> i know you do and that's why i love you so <laughs> yeah but i mean the moment you said castle i was like mm, i'm sold <laughs> <laughs> so how were they going to get onto the island if it's off limits. 
Well, so Angelica actually worked as a volunteer gardener with the Bannerman Castle Trust and knew the caretakers very well. So, like, yeah, they weren't technically supposed to be there, but she gave them, you know, a heads up, sent them a text and, you know, told them, you know, that they were going to be there. So I'm sure that because of that, they were trusted to do everything that they were supposed to. The couple pushes off from the shore shortly after four in the afternoon. Angelica has her life vest on and she brought her purse, which is filled with a bit of a sexier outfit and that she had planned for their photo shoot. It's a pair of fishnets and heels. He, on the other hand, did not bring a life vest. Instead, he had his phone, a bag, which has his camera in it, and some beer, too, which he had apparently already been drinking a bit before they pushed off. And the trip out is, like, totally fine. Smooth sailing. They get to Bannerman's Island a while later. They walk around and take some pictures. But Angelica decides that it's too cold for her sexy attire, so they end up just taking some couple photos in sweatshirts. Angelica's friend actually has a house that overlooks Bannerman's Island, and she and her husband have a telescope that gives them a pretty clear view of the castle. She says that she's pretty sure she saw Angelica out on the island dancing while Vincent took photos of her shortly before seven, and she texted Angelica that she can see them. Angelica replies saying that they're about to leave and that she waved in the direction of her friend's home. Right before they're about to leave, the weather changes and they can see that the tide is going out, which they said started to create some pretty dangerous waters. So the two of them push off from Bannerman's Island to head back to the shore, but the trip back would prove to be a treacherous one. Angelica and Vincent take off onto what was a much different and angrier Hudson River than the one they had been on just a few hours earlier. The current was strong, pulling the contents of the Hudson down into the Atlantic Ocean, and the waves were getting higher and higher by the moment. The couple estimated that the waves reached at least three feet high as they tried to paddle back to safety. The sun was setting, the river was turning dark. The water was cold, frigid even. Experts would later estimate that it was mid-40 degrees Fahrenheit at the warmest, a temperature that would cause severe hypothermia within just 10 minutes. Oh gosh, that does not sound like a good time. Um, No, scary. Was there another way off the island? I mean, if there's obviously, she's a volunteer gardener, I don't know. I feel like I would just be like, "Mm, maybe we wait for someone else or wait for the next boat. (laughs) I feel like I would be like, I'm going to chicken out. We'll find a different way home. Yeah, and I will say so. So the this island is like right smack in the middle of the river. Like okay. the, it's, I mean, it's like it's not like oh, you can just like go to like the other side of the river, or like you know whatever. And like there's not a whole lot of shade because it's like again destroyed building. Mm-hmm. So it's like or cover, I guess I, I should say. So like when the rain when rain comes, like that's all that you're able to like you know like you're either sitting there and like like you know possibly getting struck by lightning or something or you okay. just like, kind of risk it, right? So it is kind of like a dicey situation. But again, you know I go back to like vincent like this adventure dude right like i like he probably is just like ah like you know let's go we'll be fine yeah you know I, mean? like, I can totally she, see that. you know being in love yeah like it's just like you know like sure you know trust him like he's done this a bajillion times uh, like let's just go and like let's just do it so you know i guess 
that's where we're at. So Okay. I mean, be adventurous, I guess. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, despite the water's danger, our fun-loving, adventure-seeking Vincent was absolutely living for the thrill of this ride. He was riding the waves easily and even yelled over to Angelique at one point, quote, baby, this is an adventure of a lifetime. But before she knew it, Angelica lost sight of Vincent. His kayak had flipped and sank, and he was in the water, struggling to keep up with the waves. He was clinging onto a seat cushion for dear life. Angelica took his paddle and says that she hooked it to her kayak, but he had lost grasp of that too. Quickly, the current had pulled him further and further south, while the waves had pushed her further and further north. And the last words she heard him scream were, quote, call 911. Tell me exactly what happened. We are kayaking. My fiance flipped over. He's in the water right now. And does he have a life vest on? Yeah, he has, he has something that he's holding on to, but he, it's getting very bad. I don't see him anymore. Angelica. Angelica, can you hear me? Angelica, are you still with me? Okay, Angelica, can you hear me? Angelica. And can you hear me? Hi, can you hear me now? I can hear you. I don't see him anymore. Okay, did he have okay. Alright, we've got help on the way, okay? Did he have a life jacket on when he flipped over? He had a little, um, like a floating thing. He didn't have a vest. It wasn't a vest, but he had something to hold. He was something that helped him float. But I don't see him. Okay, oh, my God. Can you make your way over towards the Cornwall Yacht Club where you see all the lights? Yes. Yes, yeah, start paddling over towards that way, okay? I'm not worried about myself. I'm worried about him. No, I understand. I understand. Okay, I'm going to put you down a little bit. I'm yeah, that's fine. Put, put me down. Just keep oh, the phone I see, on. I see the boat. You yeah, see the boat now. Good. I mean, you can hear, like, the wind. You can hear, like, she's panicking, you know? Like, it. that, I mean, I can't even imagine. Like, like I said, I like to go kayaking. My husband and I go kayaking. If he just, like, flipped over and didn't come back oh up, gosh. I don't I don't even know what I would do. Yeah. Like, jump in after him? I don't know. Yeah. But also, like, do we know what kind of kayaks they have because some kayaks are made to like flip over a little easier and then like there's other ones that are like a little wider that are like they're kind of hard to flip that's so that's a great question and we're gonna get there so let's hold that thought because i did all my kayak (laughs) research unfortunately um because i knew nothing about kayaks but yeah i mean like my initial thoughts though so just because like so like here here's where i'm at like it like so i'm out on the like I, i guess i'm wondering like what like what she thought that like this was going like the phone call i guess was going to accomplish like mm-hmm. that's like and maybe she wasn't even thinking like maybe i'm like thinking way too much into this but like because if you like sure like you call 911 and like like on like you get into a car accident like you could say yeah i'm at the corner of mm-hmm. like this like this street and this street like okay but like how do you even describe like you're on a river like you're on the freaking hudson like you know i don't know like maybe you maybe you can say bannerman's island i'm sure police know about that but it's just it just feels like a yeah. lot could go wrong you know, in the mm-hmm. process and like things can get misconstrued. So I don't know. I mean, that's, that's totally fair. But like, also what do you just like, what else are you going to do? Call for right. help either. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, I feel like, you know, there's like Coast Guard or there's yeah, like, sure. you know, 
like emergency yeah. facilities that do have boats. Yeah, right. No, you're so right. And I mean, I feel like you could be like, okay, we're all. I mean, I feel like you could give them like a good general yeah. vicinity. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, so so I mean, yeah. What else was she supposed to do? I mean, even his la- last words were like, "Call nine one one." I mean, if I'm in a panicking situation, yeah. Even if it's not helpful, like what else? Yeah. What you, else are you gonna do? do yeah. Do? I mean, the other yeah. option is like get to shore and then call nine one one. Maybe you know, sure. right? By which point you already know it's like right. too late. It's over. You yeah. know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I will say, she does sound like very, like you said, like the wind's going and like there's a whole lot going mm-hmm. on. Like I, like I also like picture myself in that type of situation too, where it's like I'm like waves are crashing and like all this stuff, and like mm-hmm. I don't even really know if I'm gonna be able to like call nine one one. You know what I mean? Like I like, but I'm also like right. not and like I've been kayaking like maybe like three times in my entire life and like so i'm not experienced kayaker at all so like maybe she's done it more but like i don't know that was just where my mind was and she and she does like clearly there's so much going on right and like clearly like the, like yeah. the waves are crashing like she can't like she can't really hear her maybe probably super well um because of that and like you you heard that like point in the middle where um where, mm-hmm. she, where the um telecommunicator was like like can you hear me can you hear me and like she wasn't answering and then she finally did and so just i think there's just so much going on in this moment, right? I think that's, like, the point of right. this, so. Yeah. I also thought it was interesting that the, like, the 911 operator was, like, I don't know, usually it's, like, stay put yeah. is the advice. I feel like usually it's, like, okay, stay there, we'll send somebody. Yeah. But the person on 911 was, like, no, paddle towards the country club yeah. or, you know, whatever it was, you know? So, like, that's also interesting because, like, if you think about it, if you are sending out like a boat, like emergency mm. response, like wouldn't you want to like have kind of like an exact yeah, like where they are spot? Yeah, so if she, the moment she starts paddling off somewhere else, like yeah. you know, I feel like that just made the search more difficult. Yeah, you're, in a way, yeah, that's a really good point. I never thought about it like that because, like you said, like yeah. So if if you say yeah, I'm like right here, you can probably ping the phone to like exactly where they are, yeah. and then you yeah. know exactly where Vincent went under. Whereas, where, but also too, keep. I guess my other my where my brain also goes is like she's in danger too, right? If if he goes under, mm-hmm. so like it probably is like just get her to shore as quickly as possible, and that was probably the best case scenario. Maybe, right. but like I mean, that also makes sense. Yeah, but I I don't know. Yeah, I kind of go back and forth. I kind of I can go either way on that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I also, I mean, I I feel like had my partner just flipped and gone over it, I don't see him. I don't want to paddle away. Yeah. I yeah, feel like would be yeah, my response. Too. I would be like, no, I'm not moving until I find him, mm. you know, Yeah, or until mm. someone comes here to help me find him. And she was just like, okay, I'll start paddling away. Yeah. And then I wonder too, if she was just like, not like if she was like, if she kind of knew that it was kind of pointless at that yeah. point, maybe a little bit. I don't know. Who knows? Who know. It's hard. Yeah. I guess it's like impossible to know like yeah. what's going through someone's mind in that kind of situation. Yeah. We can do all the speculation and the like, well, I would in that yeah, situation, right. but like we never actually know. Hopefully we'll never will know either. Right. It, yeah. Exactly. Well, that's why <laughs> exactly. I always like, you know, like to bring up these 911 calls because it like, I think it's like the closest that you can get to someone's like state of mind, you yeah. know, but because like, I mean, that's like the most raw reaction you're going to get. So. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, yeah. Angelica does begin to paddle back to shore. And then when, you know, when that happens, her kayak too flips into the river. But she was able to be picked up by a civilian rescue boat and was taken to a local hospital to be treated for hypothermia. All the while, crews are combing up and down the river for Vincent and his kayak after what appeared to be a really tragic accident. And as the hours turned to days in the search for him, it became less and less likely that they would find him alive. But in that time, investigators begin to get wind via tips from friends and family that Angelica is acting a little strange. Strange how? Well, friends and family are all calling in, expressing concern that she's not acting like someone whose fiancé had likely just drowned. The day after the kayaking incident, Vincent's kayak was found near Plum Point, which, if you remember, is where they had both begun their trip. A friend had called Angelica to tell her the news, and the friend said that she was acting bizarrely calm to her. Like, she didn't sound upset about the whole situation at all, not even at the discovery, which, in all reality, all but confirmed that Vincent had likely drowned in the river. If that wasn't enough, friends and family had held a memorial service for Vincent near the river, at which Angelica had sang Hotel California and just, again, seemed oddly happy, considering that this was her fiancé's memorial. And on top of the kind of strange song choice, but, you know, maybe it was some kind of, like, special meaning to them. I don't know. I have no idea. Overall, friends and family all told police that she just didn't seem like she was pained by Vincent's sudden death at all. And two, there are these really strange Facebook posts that she makes in the days following this accident, all while crews are still combing the Hudson River looking for Vincent's body to show up. Sarah, I do want to show you these Facebook posts so you can see them for yourself, and I also want you to describe them for our listeners, too. Yeah, absolutely. So... Okay, this is interesting. It's just like a picture of her doing sort of like a, I don't know, like a yoga move, backflip, stretch situation, sunny day, right like on the water's edge. Yeah, right. And so like, so this was like, again, like a day or two, like after he had died. Interesting, interesting. I mean, she's like, her fiance's just died and she's doing yoga, taking pictures of herself doing yoga on the river. I mean, okay, interesting choice. Interesting choice. Okay, moving right along. Ooh, okay, another picture. She, this one's kind of like, it looks like maybe like a selfie or, or, you know, fun picture. She's got sunglasses on, a cigar in her mouth. Looks like she's taking a shot of some sort of alcohol. Looks like some sort of like backyard party, maybe. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, like, yeah, it looks like they're all like hanging out in the backyard. Like, she looks... Like, drunk, frankly. I mean... Oh, yeah, she absolutely... Yeah. No, you don't strike that kind of pose unless you've already had a couple of those shots. (laughs) Well, and again, she... Yeah, true that. But, like, and also, too, like, again, like, this is just a few days after this whole accident. I don't know when this photo was taken, but, like, the posts were made, like, a few days after this. (laughs) And so, yeah, it's just... Odd. And, like, again, too, like, there are, like, people in the background, and so, like, you can tell that it is, like, again, like you said, like, some sort of barbecue, party, yeah. whatever. You know what? Maybe, benefit of the doubt, maybe she's just, like, drinking her sorrows. True. Uh, well, and, like, ble- like believe me, like, I would be drinking all the wine if right? I went through what she went through. But, like, I don't, I'm just, like, it's just weird to, like, again, it's, like, okay to, like, do all this, but, yeah. like, it's just weird to post it on Facebook, it is, in my opinion. It is weird to post it on Facebook. I mean, even yeah. if... 
you're trying to just like get out of your head or stop being mm-hmm. so sad or like whatever the deal is and you're like let me go do some meditative yoga by the river or let me go have a yeah. backyard party like sure. maybe keep that off social media yeah you know just like as a general level of respect i don't know <laughs> yeah right well because like most of her friends i'm assuming like no vincent right so yeah it's just weird but i don't know okay i mean okay there's one more Okay, so, like, the third post is the video of her, and she's, like, doing a cartwheel and like, what looks her backyard or a park or something. Friend is cheering her on. I mean, great form, but maybe (laughs) not the right time and place. (laughs) Yeah, I don't, like, and again, like, it's, like, you know, normal activity is, like, if this is, like, how you're coping with this whole thing, like, okay, but it's weird to post it on Facebook. Like, that's my opinion. Yeah. And so, and, like, again, I say, like, because we've talked about this before on this podcast, like, everyone copes differently, and, like, you can't, like, like, take one set of rules and, like, put it to every different situation of, like, this is how I would be acting, or this is how I would not be acting because you don't know like you don't know what like who like like even if you're in that exact same situation you may behave like totally different from from the person who from from angelica right but again it's just weird it's just like it just feels very disrespectful considering that people are literally still out there like looking for your husband for for your fiance like in the river yeah like his body still isn't turned yeah as someone who works in pr not a great move, PR wise. No, <laughs> yeah, for sure. And then, so there's also there's also one more post too, which I have to tell you about. Okay. Also, which I haven't been able to actually find, so I didn't send it to you. Okay. Um, but apparently, um, according to like multiple different media outlets, there was also one um a- a- additional post um where it was like a selfie of her kayaking, mm-hmm. and the caption said, "Guess I should have paddled harder." Oh, oh my. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah. That, okay, we talked. I said there was already some red flags at the beginning of this. They, the red flags are piling up. I really wanted to be like yeah. benefit of the doubt. You know, you never know what's happening. But like little sus, and I don't know like what like like what does that mean? Right, for like her? I like, should have pad- paddled harder. Is that what it said? I should have paddled harder. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. Um, like paddled harder to save him. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe, but like, what, like, what would that have really? I have no idea. I mean, maybe I don't know. Again, that's weird. Like, yeah, and that's like a weird, like, coping thing because if like you're really like taking all of this to heart and like thinking that you're responsible for all of this, like, again, why are you posting this on Facebook? Like, it just doesn't. I don't know. And everyone's different. Like, I know people who post literally every single one of their thoughts on Facebook. And, like, maybe she's one of these people. Oh, yeah. We all, we all have those Facebook friends. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, also, too, like, they're, like, the, and, like, that's not me to be clear. Like, you can be, <laughs> like, I, like, I'm very private on Facebook. But, like, <laughs> like, I, I also think, too, like, she's from Latvia. And so, like, like, maybe, like, that's, a, it's a little bit of, like, the harder exterior of, like, yeah. you know, Eastern Europe coming out of her a bit. Just, like, cultural differences. Yeah. Cultural tougher. differences. Veneer, I don't know. But, like, still, like, it just, I can't imagine a culture that, like, <laughs> I should have paddled okay. harder. This is how you mourn. Yeah. I don't know. And again, so it's all just, it's all just, like you said, uh, totally up to, like, a whole bunch of red flags here. Yeah. But, um, you know, later, though, Angelica does say that these posts were her trying to cope with her fiancé's sudden passing. She said that she was trying to portray to the world that she was okay, when in reality, she wasn't at all. She was a total wreck. On top of those really bizarre posts, investigators start hearing some truly unsettling things about what was really happening in Angelica and Vincent's relationship. For starters, some friends tell police that Vincent had re- recently 
expressed some reservations about going through with their wedding. Two weeks before the kayaking incident, Vincent had told his friends that he had been expressing some doubt about their relationship and really just saying that he wasn't totally sure if they were going to work out. But the friends also say that they worked through that problem and he had changed his mind about where their relationship was heading not long after he had sent that text to them. Yeah, but like even if you sent that text, the thought was there, right? So yeah. even if you changed your mind back, like if those, I don't know, hesitations, those questions yeah. are there in the first place, like probably shouldn't be getting married. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, true. And I don't know like what those hesitations were about. Maybe it was just like kind of what we were talking about before about like their lifestyles were yeah. clearly going in like two different directions. Like maybe he was like more so like leading toward the like, you know, maybe I'll just be single, like, you know, you know, just live bachelor lifestyle mm-hmm. kind of thing. And she was the opposite. And, you know, and both of those things are okay. Like if that's what you want to do, like, okay, sure, go for it. Um, But it just, it, it it's giving trouble in paradise right oh, like yeah. especially like in hindsight like oh, knowing yeah. what happens to vincent like those kinds of texts are concerning well yeah and especially i mean if you think about like the timeline of their relationship like very quick right like mm-hmm. five months mm-hmm. later they're already engaged right i mean i'm not saying you can't meet the love of your life and be completely committed and get married five yeah. months later like and it not work out but like it, it is yeah. a little fast right um and it, yeah. like also considering they've had like multiple marriages before like maybe it's just mm-hmm. like she's ready to settle down and he has proven through the last relationship right. that like he's just not there yet right yeah right yeah fair or like at least at the very least like change his mind on where yeah. he wanted to be there yeah right and so uh, it's also i think like really noted like notable to point out here like like it's just very very different from like the picture of that we that we are painted of vincent and angelica right of like you know how quickly they fell in love of how you know hard they fell in love with each other of how you know like they were these like matched together of like this free spirit and then all of a sudden like you know behind the scenes like people are starting to say like no 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 like you know they had like these very real problems and like we're like trying to work through them and then all of a sudden he died right and like angelique was the only person there yeah so yeah definitely not on the same page no and now if all of that didn't raise enough eyebrows police start to get wind of a really strong motive for why angelica may have wanted to get rid of vincent and yeah it is exactly what all of my crime vineyard is thinking right now angelica had been named as the beneficiary of two massive life insurance policies, which would have meant that she would have been awarded a whopping, get this, Sarah, $250,000 if Vincent had died. Okay, I know the viewers can't see my face, but like, <laughs> it's kind of like, yeah. it's always the life insurance policy. <laughs> it's always the life insurance policy. You're so right about it's that. It's always the life insurance policy. But like, come yeah. on, come on. I mean, I know yeah. $250,000 is a lot of money undeniable like a life-changing yeah. amount of money right but like is it enough to kill over yeah well and like again like i say this every single time we talk about life insurance on this pot and this podcast mm-hmm. like you murder that person and like you don't get a penny of this right like right? just to be clear right? like so it's just such a huge risk in my head and so that to me almost like leans into like like she didn't do it mm-hmm. category like, and I always go here whenever I hear about the life insurance policy, if, like, that's the only motive that you have, like, you, like, because, because if you get caught red-handed, like, you, like, you're, like, out of luck here. Yeah. Like, you're, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's, it's over. And so I don't, 
like I don't get like I I don't see that being like the main motivating factor of like okay let me get rid of him because again you get arrested no money for you sweetie it's just a nice bonus you know <laughs> yeah barely but, but like, like barely even, even but like you gotta think about it I, you know a life insurance policy again benefit of the doubt right you know because. Mm-hmm. She's innocent until proven guilty. So, like, let's just... Mm-hmm. There's nothing inherently wrong with having a life insurance policy on your partner, your husband, your wife, future husband and wife. Yeah. Whatever. Sure. But, like, I don't know. Maybe it's just because we all have listened to so many of these crime stories where it's, like, it's always the spouse. It's always the life insurance yeah. policy. I mean, I just finished your episode on the antifreeze killer. Oh, yeah. Where it was, yeah, like, she just wanted that payout, right? <laughs> Listen, she's a different category. Like she, she doesn't count. Like Julianne yeah. Turner is like in a totally different category of this whole of 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 that. Um, but and like to be clear, fair too. Like she got away with it at least once, right? And like almost got away with it twice. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. But like so, but like also too, like like with with Angelica, like 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 the fact, like my red flag comes from like the fact that they first of all weren't even married, and she was already named in this life insurance policy. Yeah. And second of all, like hap- it happened so quickly, like. Right? Yeah, like we we're talking about like five months, but like it's still but, like, like it's not that long. Not married, it can't be like yeah, it's not it that, long. that long. It's not, you're not even married yet, <laughs> right? It can't be long enough to be to 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 be like yes, if I die, like you are going to get all of my money, like you know, like it can't be that long. No, absolutely not, because you would think no. like if he had like some sort of life insurance policy at this rate, it probably would have still been like his ex wife or mm-hmm. something, you know? And maybe she, a mom. A mom. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 But for her to have already been named as the beneficiary before they even get married, and especially when he's already expressed like, I don't know, concerns or like hesitations yeah. or right. whatever about yeah. even getting married to her to begin with, like, it makes me wonder, like, did, did he put her as the beneficiary like of his own accord did she push him into right. it like right yeah. well like you brought up lynn lynn turner too mm-hmm. right because that whole situation was like her pressuring like both her first and second husband yeah um to to like to name her as this and so yeah like and and we never really heard from obviously to from vincent of like whether or not like if if she was pressuring him or or whatever to do all this mm-hmm. So, like, may- maybe it's possible. Maybe she was, like, you know, I kind of want the, you know, it, it just in case. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, you know, just in case you, like, drown in a river somewhere. <laughs> like, ah, you know, like. <laughs> but, you know, like, also, yeah. she's probably like, ooh, I don't know. You're, like, super adventurous. You might actually die. Like, yeah, you never right. know. Well, uh, yeah, no, that's possible. You never know, I it's guess. It's possible. But I want to be okay. Yeah. You know, now, that's some really strong motive, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, the behavior is just not adding up here at all. But after all, as far as anyone else was aware, Vincent's death or at least presumed death, because again, Vincent has not been found anywhere at this point, was simply an accident. The perfect combination of poor judgment on Vincent's part for not bringing a life jacket, plus him drinking that day, and the weather suddenly turning. Plus, kayaking experts say that Vincent's kayak was really more meant for larger ponds, not strong rivers like the Hudson at all. It all resulted in this deadly incident and a total and tragic accident. Like I said, I'm... Not that I'm a kayaking expert by any means, but, you know, I do kayak kind of a lot. And it's like, there's kind of two main types of kayaks. And like, one of them is like wider set, deeper set, like very much meant for, yeah, like you said, ponds Mm -hmm. or lakes, still waters, very, very, very slow moving rivers. Mm -hmm. But then there's also like the white water kayaks that are like a little bit smaller. They're meant Mm -hmm. for like 
flipping over easy, you know, because once you're like caught in the, like the rapids, you know, you want right. to be able to like be able to get back under. Right. Yeah. So if yeah, it yeah. does flip over, you're like, those are meant to like hold you in, flip mm-hmm. over, keep you in. Are there straps? Um, I think some of them have straps, but like usually it's okay. like a, like a belt thing or like this. I can't remember what it's called, but like it kind of covers the cat to keep it from water getting in. So it like goes oh, around okay. your waist and then it like. Well, and the, like the, um, the, if I'm picturing it right, like the, like the hole where you put yourself into is very small too, right? Yes, exactly. And mm-hmm. like you'd have this like almost like cover. So that way when you do like inevitably flip over in some rapid, you know, it doesn't like immediately fill with water and you can kind of flip back up again. Yeah. Um, so I'm picturing like the kind of kayak that he's in is more of like, the first one I said, you know, where yeah. it's a little wider. bit hard, wider, yeah. but like, you know, those are like for still water. Like those yeah. are like very chill kayaks, yeah. right? But like once you yeah. flip, like they're harder to flip over, but like once they do flip over, like they are nearly impossible to get to, up. to upright. Yeah. 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 And like I said, so, so he, it sounded like they were much, very much so used to, um, to, you know, kayaking in larger ponds, in mm-hmm. lakes, that kind of thing. Right. So like it definitely, and if they're saying it, it's not the right kayak, it probably sounds like what you're describing there, the wider yeah. one. I, I mean, I've seen pictures, so like everyone can go look it up for themselves mm-hmm. if someone's kayak is expert is out there like listen yeah. this. like you can you can go see it for yourself and know exactly what you're talking about yeah um, but it definitely from the pictures i've seen it sounds more so like it's not super wide but it's definitely yeah. wider than what i'm picturing about like what you're saying about the kayak that's like super like thin and mm-hmm. like um easy to flip over yeah yeah and like once those start filling with water like that's it they're done for done for yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah but something just isn't sitting right with investigators at this point. It just seems like if all of this was a total and sudden tragic accident, Angelica would surely be a little more upset about it. No. Plus, they had clearly been having some issues, and Angelica surely benefited from this whole thing. So this incident just felt like it was possibly the perfect crime. So investigators go back to Vincent's kayak, and they notice a small detail that may have resulted in Vincent's death. Hello, Crime Over Wine listeners. I am Rachel. And I'm Heather. We are the hosts of Like Mother, Like Murder. We bring you the good, the badass, and the crime. Each week, we bring you stories from missing and murdered to survivors and women who empower you. And of course, some mom talk sprinkled in. Check us out wherever you get your podcasts at Like Mother, Like Murder. And give us a follow on social media so that we can say hi. Okay, love you, bye. Okay, love you, bye. You know, Sarah, these like like the fruit flavors that we were talking about at the beginning of this episode have softened like big time, big mm-hmm. time. I'm definitely still getting the grapefruit for sure. Um, but and the tangerine actually, now that I think about it, is coming out a good bit too. But what are you thinking? I feel like the tangerine is still pretty soft. I feel like if you didn't mm-hmm. say tangerine, I don't know if I would have picked yeah. it up immediately. I do get kind of lemony though. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I definitely get lemon for sure. I definitely feel like like but it's all like like coming together very, very nicely. Like the more that oh, it's yeah. out and about, like I'm like, listen, I said like I went out on the limb before, I will go out on this limb again. This is my new favorite rose. I will be drinking this all summer long. Yeah. Oh, hands down. Hands down. Me too. Here here you go. Nice like swishing mm-hmm. sound effect. <laughs> 
You know I love that sound. That is my ASMR. That is literally my ASMR. ASMR. Yeah, yeah, I I want like I literally want like a YouTube channel just strictly dedicated to wine sounds and I will Oh. Here we go. Pause for the uh, love that. <laughs> I love that sound. There's nothing better that I like than than the little squishing, than the clinking, than the ooh, wine popping. Ooh, the, yeah, the the bo- the bottle pop. Mm. It, it's just so satisfying. <laughs> it's so satisfying, and it rem- and it just like like my like that is when my like I start salivating and just like ah uh, like love yeah. that. That sounds yeah. that reminds me of just like a relaxing night. Like I am ready. Right. I feel down. like I have like a like a Pavlovian response to like popping the cork, you know, like, okay. And it's time to chill. Yeah. And we're done. What, and we're done. we're done for the day. If there was any serious work to be done, not anymore. I heard the pop. Oh, it's over. We heard the switch. so over. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, I do have to say, so, so, cause I, cause Rose gets me like talking for sure. Mm-hmm. And so I'm really liking being here with you and talking about this case because we've had some really great conversation about this. Mm-hmm. And so I have a feeling that the the more we are drinking this wine, the more we're just going to be able to just like oh. go through this case because it's oh, yeah. about to get crazy, Sarah. right? We're okay, yeah. the The wine is starting to kick in a little bit. Mm. We're we're loosening the lips. Right. I have lots of questions. You know me; I always <laughs> yeah. have lots of questions. Yes, you do. About yes, you do. Literally I everything. Have the it's <laughs> right. It's my my inner newsy, right? Like I I always have questions, but <laughs> yes. I'm very excited to see where this goes because like. I can see it going either way at this oh, point. Yeah. You know, I can yeah. see it being like tragic accident. I can also see it being like maybe she just had enough and wanted her payday. Maybe. So, well, you want to find out? Let's do it. Let's do it. Dig let's in. find out. So investigators notice a small quarter-sized plug hole in the front of Vincent's kayak. Only the plug that should be there isn't there at all. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I feel like that... That could be an accident. Mm. That, that could just be uh, it came out in the car while they were loading them, but like mm-hmm. also super sus. So very sus. And so, you know, it really begs some explanation. And so now that we got like our kayaking expert here too, you know, hopefully Sarah, <laughs> you can fill in some some holes for me. So I did do some research on these kinds of kayak plugs. So Sarah, mm-hmm. grab that glass while I share what I've learned. So these drain plugs are used to either release or, in some cases, trap water in the kayak, depending on how the rider wants to use the kayak and the conditions that they are kayaking in. According to Bending Branches, these drain plugs are meant to give some structural integrity to the kayak. In particular, the drain plug on Vincent's kayak is on the top, meaning that if water gets into the boat, the rider would just have to flip it over to get water out. Now, to me... A total non-kayaker, it may seem a bit counterintuitive to say that you can actually operate the kayak either plugged or unplugged, but it's true. When it's plugged, the kayak sits higher up, helping you paddle faster. But when it's unplugged, you sit lower to the water, making for a better workout and actually helping you paddle better in bad weather, especially when it's windy. If you unplug the kayak in strong winds, it means there is less boat to be moved around and it gives you more control. What are the odds that they actually knew that information probably very low okay. yeah you're probably you're probably very very right about that i th- you know that's that's a really great point i yeah i, I doubt that they i doubt that they knew any of that yeah so. i mean i also think like I, i'm trying to think of my kayak now where like the plug on mine <laughs> like i usually just use it like if i do have water in my kayak you know usually it's not mm-hmm. a lot but like you know kind of like right before i'm you know putting it back on the car 
about to put it away or whatever. You just kind of mm-hmm. take the plug out. You like put it up on its kind of tippy top side, you know, and then kind of drain mm-hmm. what's there. I don't think I've mm-hmm. ever, it, I don't think it, it's ever occurred to me to even like take that out and not put it back in. Mm, so interesting. Yeah. Well, you, like, so let's, let's get to how this plug came out. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like I'm, yeah. Cause happened. I feel like it's an intentional you take it out. Yeah, possibly. So, but the, you know, but the fact that this drain plug is just nowhere to be found seems just, you know, just a little off to investigators. <laughs> and, you know, they just want to do their due diligence and ask Angelica about it. And so they know that Angelica and some friends are planning to return to Bannerman's Island to have a memorial service for Vincent. So they go and want to pull her aside to ask her more about the relationship in this drain plug, too. So investigators start talking to her really casually, and they say, hey, like, we noticed this drain plug was removed from Vincent's kayak. Do you know anything about that? And she replies, oh, yeah, I took that out months ago. (laughs) Wait, hold on. She admits to taking it out herself? Yeah, like, right away. And it's not totally clear, like, why she decided to take it out, but she says that her cat was playing with it and that it was either in their apartment somewhere or in the car, but she's not totally sure. But she says that she knew that it wasn't in the kayak when they pushed off from the shore on April 19th and that she even told Vincent that she was worried about it, but it was riding fine on the way out to Bannerman's Island and was riding fine too on the way back until it wasn't. Uh, yeah, until it wasn't. I yeah. <laughs> I don't... <laughs> How is that not relevant information? How is that like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. That seems very unlikely to me, but. Uh, Yeah. Well, look, so here's, here's where like my brain goes to, right? Like, like if, if, cause clearly investigators are thinking like, this is how the book went under, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, obvious, but like, so if I'm asked about that and I know that that's like what I did, like, why would I just pony that information? Right. Yeah. You know, like why admit to it if it's, yeah, right. but like also it's I don't know you uh, like you said like you you can use the kayak without the plug on I think it's plugs kind of like on yeah, the top right. bit so like that mm-hmm. in and of itself I don't know if that's like super I don't know defamatory. Yeah. Well, and, like, so there was even, like, a moment, too, where, like, invested, because, like, like, you can watch, like, the entire interrogation that they have of her, like, online somewhere. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, like, there was, like, a moment, too, where, like, the investigator was asking her about this drain plug. um, And she was like, yeah, like, the drain plug on top of the kayak. And he was, like, surprised that it was on top of the kayak. Like, he, for whatever reason, and, like, me, too. Like, when I heard first her drain plug, I assume, again, like, totally non-kayaker, I assume that it's on the bottom. Um, Like, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me that it would be on the top, but, like, until I read about it. And so he even thought that drain plug must be on the bottom, not on the top. And so, like, to me, like, that is even, like, even more like WTF, right? Mm -hmm. Like, the fact that it's, like, she took the drain plug off the top because if she didn't really know that much about kayaking, like... Why would like why would she think that that would be it? Right, unless so. it's just kind of like the last time they kayaked, like he needed sure. to like empty it out of like whatever the little bit of water that gets in, like while you're paddling, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and then it just didn't put it back. I mean, like I said, you know, it's obviously still usable without the plug. It's not right. like that is not going to sink the boat. It's not like it's like on the bottom. So mm-hmm. you know, like again, it's a little weird, a little suspicious, but like. Yeah. On its own, I don't think it's, like, that big of a deal. 
don't know. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm like totally right there with you yeah. too, like a hundred percent. I guess I'm just like thinking like from their perspective of like asking her about this and like probing with her about this. Mm-hmm. It just, I don't know. Like I don't know what to make. I don't know what to make. I don't know what to make of of all of that. Okay, but like if you think about it, like he's also clearly the type of guy who's like, oh, I don't need a life vest. So, yeah, like, he true. probably he was, like, so even if she did say, like, she said she said, like, she was concerned about the plug not being there. Mm-hmm. He, oh, yeah. He does kind of strike me, like, the kind of guy who would be like, oh, it's no big deal. Yeah, stop worrying. Right, right. Stop, yeah. You know, stop talking like, about he it. Like, prob- yeah. it probably didn't occur to yeah. him that it was a big deal either, you know? Yeah, and they both, like, again, kind of what you're talking about, like, before, about, like, how much do they really even know about all this? Mm-hmm. Like, do they know any of this information? Like, yeah. How, like, I don't, like, they don't strike me as the, as the type to, like, know enough about kayaking to, like, know like that this is going to sink the boat or not you know what i mean yeah that it does so. seem like kind of like specialty information so to speak like yeah. like higher right. level niche. niche yeah exactly so yeah. it feels kind of like niche information where yeah. i feel like that's more applicable to people who are like whitewater kayakers or something yeah, you know right, rather exactly. than just like the casual oh we like to go on the weekends kind of kayaker right yeah exactly just for funsies right yeah. exactly yeah and like i said yeah. because of like the placement of the plug and just what I've kind of gathered of his personality so far, I can definitely just see him being like, it's no big deal. Yeah, right. I totally agree. Yeah. Um, you know, investigators do, though, eventually find the drain plug inside of Angelica's car. But the fact that she is admitting to doing this, again, on top of all of this bizarre, you know, evidence behavior of this of the Facebook posts and the motive evidence of these life insurance policies, it's just not sitting well with them. So they decide to boat Angelica back to shore and take her back to the precinct for some more questioning, where they read her her Miranda rights, which she acknowledges but doesn't take advantage of. She never calls a lawyer and tells them that she'll tell them everything they need to know about Vincent's death and about their relationship. And so investigators ask more about their relationship, what it was like, what was Vincent like to her, were they happy? And it's totally clear to all of us with the benefit of hindsight that investigators are totally considering Angelica a suspect in Vincent's mysterious death. But Angelica later says that she had no idea that this was what investigators, you know, had in mind. So she tells them everything that they need to know. She tells them that she was in love with Vincent, but their relationship wasn't exactly the best recently. She says that in the last year or so, she had really felt trapped by their relationship and that she had been feeling really pressured by Vincent. She tells police that Vincent had recently been pushing her to do things sexually that she you know, wasn't really interested in doing, you know, including participating in threesomes and pornography. Don't like that. Don't like that no. one bit. Oh, uh, okay. So I have a real quick question, Liam. Sure. Okay. So this kind of goes back to her. She's Latvian. Yeah. Okay. And so, and she came here to be a nanny, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So she like probably is not a U.S. citizen or anything at this point. Um. So I think she has. So and there was like there's like a question that pops up later on about mm-hmm. her about her citizenship. My gathering of how this all worked is that she was here on a work visa. Okay. I, my my guess is, but okay. I don't know that for sure. 
Okay, because I'm just like, I'm just trying to look at this like objectively and I'm thinking, you know, the moment police pull me in for questioning, I'm like lawyer, right? Like regardless of my like guilty, innocent status, because that's just, you know, we who are (laughs) acquainted with the American justice system, right? We are like, yes, absolutely. We know our right to have a lawyer present, Mm -hmm. innocent, guilty, no matter what. But, like, I am wondering, like, if that even occurred to her. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what, too? So so exactly to your point, like, I, like you and I know enough about all this stuff to know, like, no way, no how. Even if I know I didn't do a darn thing, there's no way I'm, I'm getting questioned by the police without a lawyer. Oh, absolutely um, which, like, not. Yeah. Might make me look guilty, but, like, I don't really care. Like, I'd rather, you know, like, have someone there with me to, like, you know, to, to you know, advocate for me and, uh, you know, n- like, make sure I know my legal rights and all that stuff. And so point being is she probably doesn't know any of that. Like she probably I wouldn't think so. I wouldn't think so. And, you know, that she's probably, you know, if she is innocent and all Mm -hmm. this, it probably never occurred to her to get a lawyer. But like, but also if she's guilty, she's probably like, oh, if I get a lawyer, maybe it makes me look guiltier. Yeah. Probably. You know, so like I can see that going either way. Yeah. And like too, like as a, as as like the like the the person who is closest to this this person, right? Um, you know, you you want to be as forthcoming as possible so that mm-hmm. way they can, you know, get what they need, right? So that way yeah. they can, you know, you know, close this whole thing, you know, find Vincent for the love of God. Yeah. Um, you know, and and you wanna be you wanna be as open and honest as possible. And so yeah, like you were saying, maybe maybe getting a lawyer hinders that. You know, maybe yeah. you know, it, it takes an extra thirty minutes to get the lawyer there. And so therefore that is thirty less minutes that we can, that that you know that people are out there looking for Vincent. And so yeah, you're probably right. She probably was in her head was probably just like, Yep, let's just do this. I'll yeah. tell you exactly what you need to know and we can move on from this. Right, because like despite her like Facebook posts and, you know, supposed like weird behavior and everything. Like yeah. it does sound like she's being very like cooperative with police. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, like it does sound like she's like, I'll answer any of your questions. Yeah. Like upfront about, yep. Like I took the drink. She sounds out. pretty upfront. Yeah. And even with like the admitting this like stuff about like, you know, their sexual relationship and like yeah, right. not being on the same page. Like, why would you admit to there being any yeah. issues in the relationship if you were guilty, you know, because like right. if you're if trying you to cover your own that. ass, like so why would you be like, oh yeah, we were having issues in our relationship? That yeah. doesn't make any sense to me. Right, you know? exactly. That those are and in all these cases where I where I like, I think about like the Michael Peterson stuff. Mm-hmm. It was um episode nineteen of this podcast, like um when they were you know looking around on his past and they like came across on his computer like all of this like bombshell evidence of him you know hiring male prostitutes and stuff like that was not something that he that he ponied up to police by any means and she's just like laying it out on the table yep i took the drain plug out like yep we were having problems he wanted me to have threesomes i didn't want to do it and like that you know so it's like 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 where else do you have to look you know what i mean it's like yeah. it feels like every time that like someone's guilty like they they have to get that information elsewhere and not from like the actual freaking person yeah yeah so. like i don't know it just seems like maybe like family and friends are like you know they've just experienced this terrible loss and they need someone to like mm-hmm. blame for it true mm-hmm. you know and she's obviously the easiest target with quote yeah. unquote motive but like yeah. at this on the same like on the other hand it's like she also is being very cooperative with police she's answering all the questions right. like you know 
So it's, yeah, I really, I'm going back and forth here because, like, it, it could go either way. It could go either way. It could yeah, go either and I, way. And I think worth noting, too, like, friends and family, like, even to this day, like, will say that they didn't really understand their relationship at all. Mm-hmm. Like, they, like, didn't really like her. They had, like, their eyes on her. Like, so, like, very, very, very good good point there. And we're going to get there much later on. So we'll, we'll yeah. revisit that. Okay. Um. You know, now for 11 hours, investigators start pushing her to tell her more about this, about the pressure and how it made her feel about her relationship with Vincent. And in an episode of Netflix's The Confession Tapes, you can see how this starts to play out. The leading questions and the pointed arguments clearly pushing Angelica toward what they had suspected about Vincent's death. They ask her about how she felt while she was watching Vincent go underwater. And she said that she felt freed and that she was a little glad to see him go because it meant that she would be released from the lifestyle that her relationship with Vincent had become. The nightlife, the strip clubs, threesomes. And she even said that she was a little glad that he was gone because it meant all of that was finally over. Boy, oh boy. There's a lot to unpack. (laughs) Yeah. There's a lot to unpack there. Like, first off, girl, get you a lawyer. Oh, 11 hours. (laughs) Yeah, 11 that's... hours of questioning with no yeah. lawyer present like insane yeah. it insane. always blows my mind that people don't go there but like i mean do whatever you need to do i guess but I, right because like as like these are very leading questions from mm-hmm. the police you know and these are very invasive questions yeah. well and like totally irrelevant to the accident right like, right completely yeah. irrelevant and had she had some sort of like legal representation i feel like it wouldn't have gone there yeah but you know i don't know I can't imagine, like, being questioned for 11 straight hours with these sorts of leading questions because, like, at at what point are you just saying things to make it To make it go away. Yeah, so To make it stop. Yeah, and, like, also, too, like, and you can see, like, in this, again, go watch this video um, of of this interrogation, but you can see, like, the, the investigators are getting, like, closer to her and, like, you know, trying to, like, you know, trying to to pull it out of her and, like, you know, talking to her very nicely and all this stuff. And it, it, it like, to me, it, it spells out, like, that, sh- that she trusted them to, yeah. you know, to just say all this stuff that they you know yeah. that they were trying to you know trying to get it out of her and she was willing to give it to them right because it just was finally like someone was finally asking her about it like that's the vibe i got from all this right and so. if you're guilty why would you say any of it and if you were guilty why would you admit that that, that he wanted porn and and i didn't and so you know and now i'm right? and now i'm glad that he's dead like why would you admit all that like it just, and if you were guilty why would you trust the police enough to have those conversations so true you're so, so true yeah. yeah well she didn't mean this as a confession necessarily she even said that she still loved vincent when he wasn't pushing her to participate in this lifestyle with him but she was sick of what her relationship with him had become but police absolutely took this as a direct confession to being responsible for Vincent's death. And so at the end of this 11-hour interrogation, they end up charging her with second-degree murder based on, quote, the incriminating statements she made that implicated her in the crime. They said that Angelica's story just wasn't adding up here. Friends said that the timing of Angelica calling police didn't really add up either. When Angelica had texted them saying she was leaving Bannerman's Island, it was about 7 p.m., meaning the couple should have been back to shore by 7.30, according to them. But Angelica didn't call police about Vincent drowning until 7.40. Plus, police later asked Angelica for her phone, but she says that it had fallen into the river when her kayak flipped over but people on the rescue boat swear they saw her with it when she got onto the boat. 
So police say that Angelica removed the drain plug from Vincent's kayak as an intentional act to get the boat to capsize and to force him to drown. And when he finally did, she took his paddle from him, the only thing he would have had to help him float, and watched as he floated away, sunk, and drowned. Along with him, the life that she had resented so much with him for far too long. And it was you know, only then that she had decided to call for help. Okay, let me take a quick drink real quick because I have some thoughts. Yeah. I have some thoughts, right? Me too. Okay. So you know what this sounds like to me, Liam? A lot of speculation. Yeah. Oh yeah, big time. A lot of speculation, right? So so um circumstantial. Like so circumstantial. Like it's like they're creating the backstory that they want and trying Mm -hmm. to make these things fit the crime. It you know, like it's like they're trying to me, I don't know. It's just like yeah. this is not hard evidence, yeah. right? No, not at all. What well, like it's all like it's also heavily like leaning on to the motive part of this whole thing, right? Because if it's because because you have all of this, you know, you have to have motive, you have to have opportunity, and like all of this is motive stuff. And like, sure, like she was the last person out there onto the river with him, like so that like okay, sure, opportunity maybe, but like this has to be like the absolute perfect set of circumstances to even make this happen, assuming that she took the drain. Plan out to make him drown and die right like that because that's what they're leaning toward yeah so i don't know i've just you've sat in court cases i've sat in court cases and like neither of us are lawyers here i can't see any lawyer presenting this in court and like a judge being like okay sure like no no, no 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 because even if you have the world's greatest motive if you don't have the evidence to prove beyond a shadow of a doubt yeah. They're, like, how are you going to get convicted? Yeah. Right? Just because everything seems, like, like icky. You know what I mean? It just, like, that's right? not, like, a jury isn't going to be like, yeah, sure. Like, you know, know. like, this feels icky. So, like, I'm going to, you know, sentence this woman to for murder. Right. Like, I mean, if I were a jury member on this case and, like, that was the best that was given to me. They had, <laughs> like, mm, they had that's sexual enough. problems. Like, yeah, who doesn't, girlfriend? Like, right? Yeah. Right? I mean, just because you have some relationship issues does yeah. not mean you're going to murder not, the other one. Murder, murder. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right? I also, like, I can't help but thinking about, like, just the logistics, mm-hmm. right? Of, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like, you're in a kayak, I'm in a kayak. You know, even without the plug, okay, on the kayak. Like, that's not enough to... to no. To sink the kayak right yeah. there, right? Like, I just can't help but think. I'm like, okay, but, like, how did she do it? Yeah, right. You know, like, yes, she has, like, motive. Yes, it's circumstantial. You know, there's all these other things where, like, okay, maybe there's, like, lots of red flags. Mm-hmm. But, like, until I understand the logistics yeah. of, like, how right. she, from her kayak, flipped him over. Right, yeah. I'm just not seeing it yet. No, not at all. Um, But, you know, as for, you know, Vincent's friends and family, though, you know, they were really angry by Angelica's arrest. Not because they thought that she was innocent by any means, though. It was because they knew that she was guilty. His family was convinced that Angelica sabotaged his kayak to profit financially from his death. The couple's friends turned on Angelica and said that her actions were strange and incriminating. All the while, however, Angelica insists that she's innocent and that she loved Vincent despite the flaws in their relationship, and she didn't mean to kill him. She pleads not guilty to his murder and is held on a nine 
million dollar bond. A judge decides that she is a flight risk, considering that she is a Latvian immigrant. All the while, search crews are combing through the Hudson River looking for Vincent's body. His mother tells Netflix's The Confession Tapes that they ended up pulling five bodies out of the Hudson River during their search, which, listen, like, I've lived just a few miles from the Hudson River for, like, 18 years, and, like, maybe I, like, subconsciously knew that there, like, maybe a person or two who, like, drowned in the river, but the fact that they happened, happened across five people while searching for someone entirely different is absolutely baffling to me. Oh, my God, my eyeballs are, like, saucers right now. You said... Five, five people they weren't even looking for. Oh my gosh, for, okay, so that's like five other investigations that oh, need yeah. to be happening right yeah, now. Yeah, I know, I'm like, I know, I have so, and like, this is like her, like, <laughs> guesstimate, to be clear. I, I I haven't seen, like, an exact, like, like police number of, like, how many people, yeah. but like, again, the fact that they, like, happened across, like, I'm assuming it was at least two or three, like, if she's estimating it was five, like, mm-hmm. five people? Five like, people. They, again, like, I, man, I, like, I have, I need to go down a whole different rabbit hole about, about all of that, but, man, I, like, I can't imagine, like, you're looking for a totally different person, you come across five. If I ever, ever had the urge to go swim in the Hudson. Never, 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 again. First never of all, again. So this is like, I was going to like go off on a whole tangent on this, but like I was, um, um, but I decided not to, but like, since you brought it up, I'm going to do it anyways. Um, So like the Hudson River is disgusting. And like, like yeah. here's why it's like, it's like a gross body of water. Like years ago, there was like all sorts of like pollution issues from like these like factories that were like dumping stuff into the river. And like, they cleaned it up a good bit, but like, it's still gross. Um, mm-hmm. And like all sorts of like, you know, wildlife stuff of like, you know, pe- like like that still pop up about like like um like animals that have all these like deficiencies because of these oh, issues and so gross. like i listen you would not like you would catch me dead in the river because the only way that i'm getting <laughs> in that river way. is if i'm already dead that's the only way so yeah no that's the not only happening. way yeah yeah that's okay disgusting yeah absolutely but like any body of water too like because again like we did like the the bodies and like meat episode and like like that is like a like a a happening like you know it's like summer you know place right and like i'm reading all about like people like people who are getting discovered in the chicago river now and i'm like i like i never want to like touch (laughs) a body of water ever again because because who knows what kind of decaying bodies are oh my gosh i've i have always had something like this weird like as much as i love kayaking and love swimming and love like water like bodies of water where like i just can't see through yeah you know like when you look down nope. you can't see anything like that yeah. freaks me and out and you know man. what too because like like i went to the to the to the aquarium the chattanooga mm-hmm. aquarium the tennessee aquarium this pot this podcast is not sponsored by the tennessee aquarium but if they want to like they definitely can if they want um, to yes please <laughs> if you want to i love the aquarium uh, it's but the, so cool it's so cool but like i saw like the like the animals that are in the tennessee river and that was like Nope, 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 nope. Not doing that ever again. I'm not doing that. So. The size of some of those catfish They're around huge. the dams. Have oh you my seen gosh. them? No, I haven't They're seen them in person, actually- but but like I've seen like again like in the in the aquarium. Like I am like nope. Like I'm not doing that. Yeah, aquarium's good enough. They're behind glass, right? Yeah, like that's right. that's good. And then half in the air, cross that in the body of water, like without yeah. any sort of escape. But let's reel it back in and go right okay. back into Vincent, because man, yeah, yeah also nine million dollar bond. Yeah, that's insane. That's insane. That's oh, that's seems a little dramatic, but whatever. It seems a bit much to me, but again, much. not well. A but player, then I, but so. then I, maybe like my the more my brain goes to is that like is that two hundred fifty thousand dollar life insurance policy like mm, I, it takes time to get that 
sure. But like, maybe that's what they're thinking of like, okay, let's just make sure that she doesn't, you know, accumulate, you know, money from, from this. Right. And I mean, I guess she is a flight risk because she is, Sure. You know, she can hop on a plane and head back to Latvia, and I don't know what the uh, extradition right. policies are there, but... Probably yeah. not great. That's my guess. Probably but. not great, so yeah. 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 Well, Vincent's mom says that these discoveries were truly devastating to the family, because every time that they heard the news that someone was pulled out of the river, their hearts stopped. They held their breath, and they waited to find out if it was Vincent, but... It wasn't until May 23rd, 2015, when his body was found by a boater about a mile downstream from Bannerman's Island. Apparently, they should be combing this river for bodies just like a little more regularly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I do agree with that. But also, too, like that where my brain goes to is like, so a mile downstream is not that far. That's really not that far. Because also, if you think about it, like how fast that river was going, you know, right. it was stormy, like high yeah. flow, high tide. Yeah, and it's not like that a, far. Like, it's not that far at all. And it is like a month out, too. So, like, maybe it's like, yeah. okay, maybe it went downstream and like back upstream like a couple times. Like, sure. Yeah. But, yeah. but still, like, it makes me wonder, like, how hard were they really work- looking for Vincent if they only found him a mile away from where he died? Or like, where. Oh, so it wasn't them. Yeah. It was like a boater, right? That's yeah. what you said. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't, it wasn't it even like it was the police that found him or the search point. and rescue. It was. A boater. Also, yeah. that poor bo- boater. He probably had like nightmares for weeks. Yeah, I, I know. That's like one of my biggest fears is like finding a Same. body. Yeah, Same. Like, I, I, can't oh, handle I would, no, no, thank you. Not, yeah. not for me. No, not for me. No but like, my heart does go out to his mom though, because yeah, like, that's hard. I, that does have to be really hard. You're thinking about like, you know, at this point, you know, it's a body, not a recovery. Mm-hmm. Right. And so every time right. it's like you just want yeah, the body even if you back. like assumed all the time, like, you know, like ninety nine percent sure, like when it's a hundred percent, like that's like yeah. really hard to swallow. Yeah. yeah. And so like I, I can see like I can't even imagine it. Like as the mother, you're like, Is this gonna be my boy? No. Yeah. Is this my son? No. Right. Is this my son? Right. No. Like that like I can't even imagine. Yeah. I don't even want yeah. to imagine because no. that's awful. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Well, Vincent's autopsy determined that he did indeed die by drowning and that he had a blood alcohol content of just 0.06, which is considered to be impaired by New York state law, but not that high that you would think that, that would be like the thing to be like the major cause of your death, right? And the manner of death is something, I mean, truly baffling to me. So listen to this, Sarah. You know, the Mm -hmm. medical examiner rules that Vincent's death was a homicide, noting in the autopsy that the drain plug on the kayak was removed, which led to his death. That's a big jump. That's so presumptuous. Yeah. That's so presumptuous. Okay, but like, like we, okay, we've already talked about, like, the plug is on the top of the kayak. (laughs) Like, it's not like, it's not like there's this gaping hole in the bottom of his boat. Right. Right, exactly. Well, and so, like, where my brain goes to is, like, 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 from a medical examiner perspective, like, that's not your fucking job. Like, no, absolutely not. Yeah. Like, your job is, like, he died by drowning. Right. End of story. End of story. That's, that's right. it, right? right? Which, like, screams undetermined to me, in my opinion. Yeah. Right? Because, yeah. again, drowning, you can just as likely drown by accident as drown by homicide. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's, that's a police yeah declaration right not a medical examiner declaration right. so like that's so strange to me that they would be like oh yeah it's because of the plug well i'm like the plug is like like this big like it's like an inch yeah. right like right. it's it's 
tiny. But like, regardless of like whether it was like this big or like of or like freaking ginormous, like that it's is not the not, medical examiner's it's not call. Your medical examiner's job to make that decision, like to make, to no. make that call. Like it is strictly just what evidence is found on the body and at the scene that like led like yeah. leads you to to believe of what the cause of death is, what kind of injuries on the body, that kind of thing. It has nothing to do with this freaking kayak, which, by the way, was discovered like a month ago. So, so like, also, like, you know, okay, if this person was stabbed, Mm -hmm. okay, homicide. Okay, if this person was like shot, okay, homicide. Homicide. Right, right. You know, like, there's certain types of drowning where they can be like, okay, this person was held in the water, and therefore that type, yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. So this method of drowning. Is a homicide. But like Hudson River, kayaking, like there's no way. It just as they... easily could have been an accident or a homicide. Exactly. Yeah. So like why is this Emmy being like it's a homicide? Yeah. Like that's like I know. not just, their job. And like like I also have to mention here, like like because at this point, like the media attention this is getting is like ginormous, right? And so I can imagine. Like, yeah. And so my like or my brain goes to is like if the cause because um, you know, uh Angelique has been in custody for like a month now at this point. And so like where my brain goes is like okay like police you know they're 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 buddies right like police prosecutors like medical examiners like they're all friends and Mm -hmm. so like where my brain goes is just like you know what like let's just like say this like put this on the report like you know end of story kind of thing this is what we've already decided happened let's just stick with it make it easy because otherwise like like the media is going to just rip us apart like let's just make it as easy for us as possible because it's already getting too much attention like we just we absolutely just need to, we didn't need to close this thing absolutely and i mean also think about it in this way like the medical examiner is like a trusted voice within the yep. case right like they're unbiased. yeah they're supposed to be unbiased but by stating that it's a homicide by stating that it has something mm-hmm. to do with the plug in the kayak like that in itself you've already influenced the cops you've already right. influenced the case you've yeah. already influenced the jury right yeah. like so that was just, i mean that was so out of pocket man yeah like, yeah. No, like totally totally not their place at all they could have just left it at drowning and then like let the cops do yeah. their job right right because if there was enough evidence to prove that it was the plug right great it was the plug but like there wasn't and like yeah at least not right. yet, like not by the medical examiner standpoint, with the information that they're given. Thing, yeah, no, you're so right about that. But like, and like also too, like a medical examiner is an expert on death. Like they are not mm-hmm. an expert on kayaks. Like that, like <laughs> right, like, like know, know your place. <laughs> yeah, know your place. Right, exactly. Like I don't know if there was like some report like from a kayak expert like like linked to that. Okay, sure. Like maybe that's what you include in your report, but there wasn't in this case. Mm-mm. <sighs> I can go. Okay, like, I'm, or, I'm already a little heated. I know, me too. Oh, <laughs> like, me too. Just, about this. just wait until the end. So, once Angelica's defense team gets a hold of all of the discovery evidence and the case file, they are confident that they are going to be able to get her off on this. For starters, her lawyers say her confession is clearly coerced. They see her being so forthcoming with how this drowning happened, combined with the leading questions attorneys are asking her as evidence that she did not intentionally kill Vincent that day if her actions had anything to do with Vincent's death at all. They said that Angelique removing the, that drain plug was indeed an intentional act that may have led to a tragic 
accident if we were to believe this theory that the drain plug being removed had anything to do with Vincent's death at all. And to that theory, defense attorneys argue that that wasn't even how Vincent's kayak even capsized. They run several tests on the type of kayak that Vincent had with the drain plug removed and find that the amount of water that would go into that drain plug under the conditions that we're talking about here wouldn't even fill a shot glass. Meanwhile, the prosecution is running their own tests and show videos in court of people paddling around a kayak with the drain plug out, and they show that the conditions would allow water into that base and would fill the kayak and cause it to capsize. Yeah, I do feel like at this point, we're making a really big deal out of this plug. Mm. Oh, big time. Yeah. And like, like, <laughs> like where my brain goes too is like, so there's this like, again, like giant hole that we're talking about that like Vincent yeah. was sitting in. Like, you don't think that that, you know, three feet, three feet waves, like you don't think that that probably had something to do with it. Like you're thinking that it's like a size plug. <laughs> right. Right. Like, I just feel like, talk about like a mountain out of a molehill. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> big time mountain. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, okay. Okay. First of all, I'm glad she finally got a lawyer. Oh, big um, time. Yeah. But like, secondly, I, like... In my mind, even like this plug just does not. This seems like such like you're like if you are trying to prove that she killed him by right. taking the plug, it's like grasping at straws. Yeah, and like too, if you if you watch the the confession tapes episode of this, like they show um like the differences and like the videos and like they put like the defense team puts like the kayak in like this like controlled environment where they like make waves of like three feet right and like that's mm-hmm. how they were able to gather this. Like the videos that the prosecution shows in in court is like this guy's like flailing around in like this like very like calm body of water like basically like putting the water into the kayak themselves and like duh like if you like like flail it around like that like it's gonna like fill with water and capsize like obviously Um, but like so go watch that for yourself and you'll see what i mean oh i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to because i was like do you imagine just like okay we need to prove to the jury let's get this like controlled kayak situation it's just like they want, I don't know, it just feels like they want to blame this on somebody right. and she's the easy target here. Right. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, You know, as for that supposed confession, though, attorneys put on what's called a Huntley hearing, which is a hearing specifically deter- to determine whether a confession would be admissible in court. At the end of that five-day hearing, a judge ends up ruling that the jury would hear that confession. A Huntley hearing? How common are Huntley hearings? Because, like, I feel like this is the first I'm hearing about it, and I feel like I I know maybe not everything, obviously, but, like, I know more than the average person about court proceedings, and I just feel like this is not something that's, like, an average type of hearing. Yeah, oh, it's definitely, again, it's specifically for confessions, so it's specifically Mm -hmm. whether or not, like, if if somebody's, like, contesting their, their, um, their, um, their charges, um, you know, and, but they had previously confessed, like, it's a matter of, like, whether that, like, whether a jury can hear that confession and, like, hear that they actually confessed to the crime, so that's where we're at here. Um, But, you know, her attorneys consider that to be a Pretty big blow. I mean, how do you overcome the defendant saying on tape that she removed the drain plug willingly and that she was glad that her fiance was dead? So just three weeks before Angelica is set to go to trial, she decides that she is going to take a deal.
On July 24th, 2017, more than two years after the couple took the kayaks out onto the Hudson River, Angelica takes a plea deal, and she agrees to plead guilty to criminally negligent homicide, saying that she admitted that she failed to perceive that her actions would lead to Vincent Villafor's death. Again, I just feel like we're making such a big deal out of this plug. Like, I don't understand how her defense is stronger. I really don't. But, like, also, too, like, just to play, like, like prosecution side of this whole thing, like, the idea that, like, she took the plug out of the kayak and didn't think that, like, oh, the next time that, like, he goes out there on, like, dangerous waters, like, this could be a problem. Mm-hmm. Like, that seems so much more likely to me than, like, I took it out of the plug, like, hoping one day oh, that, like, absolutely. it would be a problem and he would drown and die. Absolutely. Like, if anything, it's kind of like, oh, I forgot. Yeah. Or, like, did, it wasn't a big deal. Or, like, the cat was playing yeah, with it, so right. I figured I'd put it back later and then forgot. Yeah. I, like, like, I don't know. It just seems like such a stretch. Yeah. To, even with all, even with all the motive in the world, it still feels like a, like, the evidence feels like a stretch to me. And that much, like, again, like, that much, like, feels right to me, right? Mm-hmm. To be like, okay, like, you know, like, she, she, she took it out, like, it was a stupid mistake, should have put mm-hmm. it back in. Like, okay, like, negligence feels okay to me. Yeah, but, I, like, I can see negligence. murder? Yeah. Mm-mm. Again, that's why I'm saying I'm like I feel like her her defense should have been stronger, and I feel like yeah. maybe at this point, here as an yeah. immigrant, maybe she's like sure. not fighting mm-hmm. as hard as she you know she should at this point. I yeah. don't know. Doesn't maybe doesn't really know her rights all that much too either. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You don't know your rights as much, but like two years later, also yeah, she probably has a lawyer that's like, okay, well they've already decided you're guilty, so if you take this plea deal. Sure. You're, at least you're avoiding a lifetime sentence. Yeah. I don't know. To me, it just feels like the arrest should never have come to begin with. Because mm-hmm. it's like, it just feels like, like an accident that like, was the result of like the absolute perfect set of circumstances. Yeah. Like, sure. Like maybe she shouldn't have said what she said, like in the confession or in this like interrogation. Okay. But I don't know. It just, it just feels very vicious. It feels very, very vicious to like go after this woman for, for this yeah. point. It, it feels like they just needed someone to blame. To Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, You know, Angelica is sentenced to one and a third to four years in state prison after time served, which would mean that Angelica would likely be released before the end of 2017. As for Vincent's family, they say that the deal is bittersweet because, yes, she'll be, you know, punished for the crime that they are convinced she committed, but they don't think it was long enough of a sentence for her costing Vincent his life. The district attorney later tells reporters that not going to trial was the best option for everyone, adding that he believes it would have, you know, been very difficult to prove to a jury that Angelica intended to kill Vincent and that none of the statements that she gave to police was a direct confession of intentional murder. Sarah, I'm hoping you're going to be able to read the statement that he gives to reporters after the sentencing. Okay, I'm half a bottle of wine in, so let's hope I can read. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Unlike shooting or stabbing someone with a knife, removing a plug would only cause the death when combined with a number of other factors such as water temperature, wind, as well as the state of the victim. He was not wearing a life jacket or a wetsuit. Also, alcohol was present. I don't know. I feel like when they say that not going to trial is better for everyone, yeah, everyone except right. her. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree with that. Yeah, and like, and like, and like again, so like difficult to prove to a jury that Angelica intended to kill Vincent, and it's like, like, okay, like, so then why did you charge her with a crime that would have co- forced you to prove that 
it, that she intended to do that. Like, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. That's why when they say it's better for everyone, everyone right. except her. Except her. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, but like also too, like I always go back to the fact that like juries are super unpredictable, right? So mm-hmm. it could just be like, I think about like Darlie Routier with her, like it seemed like everything was like, like should have gone her way, right? Yeah. But like the fact that she like, you know, like, you know, the jury, you know, from the get go, like looked at her as like this bimbo mom, right? And mm-hmm. like wanted to put her away for that reason, pretty much. And so, like, maybe that was, you know, kind of the same deal here. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Like, I, like it's possible. Like, it could have happened. And so, like, you know, like I kind of take, like, the gamble of, like, okay, like, if I just, like, take this deal, I'm out within, like, six months kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. Try, like, on. make the best of the worst-case scenario. Right. Versus, like, 25 to life, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right? Like, But, like, I also see, like, if I am you know, Vincent's mom, if I'm his family, if I'm his closest friends, and, like, you're thinking that, you know, you're, you've got it in your mind that this is homicide, this is not an accident. Like, you yeah, want to right. see someone punished. Yeah. So, like, I, I can see, like, where, you know, his family is coming from, but, like, from... Yeah objectively speaking i don't know and so often in these types of situations too like the like the like the family is so tied to um to the prosecution to the police at this point like they've Mm -hmm. had multiple different meetings like they Mm -hmm. trust them um and so yeah like like at this point like toward the uh, at this point where where we are like i'm sure they were all aboard the the guilty train because because that is all that they were talking about oh and so like regardless of how that all played out so I don't know. Like, how do you even go through with charges if, like, the family's not on board, too? So, right. And how, but like, how are, if you're, again, I keep going back to like, if I am this guy's mom, if I'm this guy's family, if I'm his best friend, right? There's no way you can't think of this without emotion attached yeah. to it. Oh, yeah. You yeah. know, like, like, if this were my son, this were my best friend. You can't be impartial. Yeah. You can't yeah, be sure. unemotional yeah, about yeah. it. You know, and so it's, all you know is that homegirls in handcuffs. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. You're looking for someone to blame, and if she's not acting the part of the grief-stricken, you know, widow, basically, right. like mm-hmm. she's the perfect target. But like that doesn't hold up in court. This is why we have juries. Yeah. This is why we have trials. This is why we depend on evidence because you can't make these decisions of guilt based strictly on emotion yeah yeah and like too like i just keep going back to like the fact that like 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 okay like sure if she took the the drain plug out and like you know really wanted like with the intention of like i'm going to kill this man Mm -hmm. like like it seems like that is such a stretch to the point of like because again, like these circumstances have to be absolutely perfect, which is like where we were at on the Hudson River that day, right? Um, yeah. Like, th- like he was drunk. Like he didn't take a life vest. He did. Like the weather was bad. Like it has to add up to all of these different things, and it just seems like such a weird, like uh, such a weird place for you to land to yeah. be like, oh, she must have intended to do this. Yeah. Like, like assuming that like all of these things just lined up. Yeah. Like, also, like, assuming it was, whatever, this, like, crime of passion in the moment, which there's no way to prove that in this particular incident. Like, she can't control the weather. She can't force him to wear a life vest. She can't control his alcohol substance. So, like, again, it's just so circumstantial. Yeah, very circumstantial. She's either the world's best criminal 
<laughs> or yeah, as the right. world's worst defense. <laughs> that you're that you summed it up very, very well. End of episode for that. <laughs> for, <laughs> I'm concerned because that was you're, you worded that better than I ever could. Um, you know, Angelica served le- though less than 32 months behind bars before she was released on parole on December 17th, 2017. And even to this day, she maintains that she loved Vincent and he loved her, and that her actions were not an intentional act of murder, but instead a series of unfortunate events that ended up killing Vincent under the perfect set of circumstances. I mean, what else is she supposed to say? <laughs> right. Guilty yeah. or innocent. Like, True. what else are you supposed to say, right? Yeah, I mean, she did plead guilty, so, like, I guess, like, again, like, I would, like, there, because, like, the people who plead guilty, like, 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 get to the point of, like, like, I am, like, like, ponied up. Like, mm-hmm. I, like, I, like, here's what, here's what I did. You know what I mean? And, like, she, like, she doesn't get there. You know what I mean? So it's like, it very much so is this deal of like, that's, that's all I can do. So Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know, man. Yeah. Okay. What about the money from those life insurance policies? Well, Angelica didn't give up on that money at all. She did not forfeit her right to being the beneficiary of the policies, but Vincent's family fights her on it. They do end up reaching a confidential settlement with the family, awarding a portion of the money to Angelica. But it's not clear how much. I don't think it's too much of a reach to say that they all just wanted this whole legal battle to just be behind them. Girl, you're not making yourself look good with going after that money still. Like, I can Yeah, <laughs> so true. Yeah, 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 Like, I can see where you're coming from because you're like, I gotta pay for this lawyer somehow, mm-hmm. right? But, like... I don't know. Well, but also, too, like, I think, like, when you're innocent, though, like, if you're just like, you know what, like, I'm getting something from this, you know what I mean? Like, after all this time of, like, people saying that I killed this man, like, and I know I didn't, like, mm-hmm. I have to get something, you know what I mean? Right, so, like... I don't know. If I, you know, might as well get something out of the deal, right? Yeah, and also too, like the like his family has like like really like 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 railed against her like on in the media and stuff, and so yeah, like, maybe she was just like, you know what, like you're like we're not cool anymore. Like let's just you know like yeah, I'm, because I'm she's probably gonna... like, well, I don't want you to have the money either. Yeah. True. Like, yeah, true. Part of that. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Right. And like, also, like, what else does she really have? I mean, she was like a nanny, right? Like, I don't like. Yeah. I can't imagine that's like paying much of the bills, right? So. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, at this point, yeah. it's kind of like, you know, you're losing battles on on every front here. So it's yeah. kind of like take right. the wins where you can get them, I guess. Well, and, the, and it's like you win, you lose. You know what I mean? Because if it, yeah. it, it, it's like at the end of the day, like Vincent's still dead. Like if she really thinks that if she if she if she really didn't do anything with it, like or it didn't do anything to to kill him you know what i mean yeah like, like at the end of the day like she like she's still in jail like she's still served all this time mm-hmm. and her and her freaking fiance is still dead you know what i mean so yeah yeah and, and too like if she did really do have something it did have something to do with it like actually like you know malicely did have something to do with this then she's not in jail like she didn't serve a whole lot of time for this at all and so like yeah. the family doesn't win either so yeah I mean, uh, yeah, talk about a lose-lose situation for literally yeah, for real. everyone for involved. Except yeah. for the freaking prosecution because of any day they got a conviction. So, I, Points made. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, on that note, Sarah, um, that is all that we have for you this week. So oh thank gosh. you so much for coming on for this crazy ride of a case. We had such a good time. This was fun. This is fun. Yeah. You know what? Have me back anytime. <laughs> oh, I gladly will. I gladly will. But um, in the meantime, tell everyone where they can find you and your work online. Okay. Well, I have recently just started back up my photography business. Uh, you can find me on Instagram and on my website, Picks by Sarah, PicksbySarah.com. Sarah with an H. 
just make that clear. <laughs> we Sarahs get very particular about that. Okay. Um, but yeah, so I, you can look me up if you ever have any questions about affordable housing or uh, communications. Does, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, right. In this economy, um, in Colorado Springs, hit me up. Or if you know you want a photo shoot, awesome. Well, you know, I definitely. Well, if I'm ever in Colorado Springs, you know, I'll be asking you to take my picture for sure. So. I would love that so much, <laughs> so much. Well, I just did a whole shoot at like Guard of the Gods, and I was like, I want every <laughs> shoot from here on out to be a Guard of the Gods. <laughs> <laughs> I'm there. I'm yeah. there. I'm so there. <laughs> well, thank you again so much for coming on, and thank <laughs> you all so much for listening. We are going to put all of our sources on our website so you can read everything for yourself and probably come up with a few theories too. And if you are just loving this podcast and you're just wondering how you can tell everyone and anyone about it, the best way to help others discover this podcast is by leaving us a five-star rating and a review wherever you are listening right now. So make sure you follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And if you're wondering what we have in store for you next week, here's a little bit of a sneak peek. Hello, everybody. It's Liam. And I'm Kenzie from Crimeaholics. Next week, I'm joining the Crime Vineyard to talk about a case about a possible home invasion gone terribly wrong. It all involves two moms, a Craigslist listing, and some baby clothes. And I promise you won't be able to stop talking to all of your crime-loving friends about it. So we'll see you next Wine Wednesday for another episode of Crime Over Wine. Proud member of the Podnuga Network.